Hello, hello. Welcome back. We're back. Number two. <laughs> Another episode. GC Rewired. GC Rewired. Great name. Exactly. Oh, I loved it. It just clicked, though. It just clicked. So it's it's it Game did. Changers it's- Rewired. Because we are new to the space, what was the word used? Aspiring sports psychologists that we thought mix things up. Well, a yeah, bit. because there's there's nothing, there's no one that really has done what we're doing, I suppose. And those there's, a, have, there's a few. There's that. a few. <laughs> not in Australia. Not in not in Okay, fair enough. Not in Oz that I'm aware of. Anyway, couple of couple of massive ones from overseas, but we're basically mm. yeah hoping to start the Aussie chapter. And rewired is just a little bit of a uh, little bit of a play on words regarding neuroscience and neuroplasticity and all those all those juicy things that we that we like to talk about and hopefully going to get into during this episode. Yeah, exactly. This episode we're going to talk a little bit about anxiety and performance anxiety. So, yes. what is anxiety? Oh, we're just straight in. What is anxiety? Anxiety is a uh physiological response to perceived threat and this has been in our dna essentially for as long as we can remember it's used as a survival method so back in i don't know let's say the stone ages a long time ago yeah you had to hunt for your food when there was a tiger your heart rate would obviously increase. You'd start sweating because your body's like, I need to get out of here as fast as possible. So what happens is everything else in your body stops. So your digestive system stops because you don't need that. Your So your pupils will dilate, your heart rate goes through the roof, your digestion stops, mm. your muscles vasodilate to get you ready. But yeah, a bunch of those physiological things. Continue. Um. Your adrenaline and cortisol levels increase as well. So you're not going to feel tired at all because in that moment, your role is to escape. Now, as years have gone by, we don't need to run away from a tiger anymore. However, uh, we still have an anxiety response. And this could be, you know, going for a job interview, uh, performing in a game. It could be, it could even happen when you're, feel like there's no threat at all you could just be sitting in your room and so what we want to try to do is try and manage those symptoms to make ourselves feel safe that's kind of like a short overview of everything we're trying to do <laughs> anxiety i think that's a pretty good explanation to, to get us started there's a couple of words in there that i think are worth unpacking a little bit more um, which we'll get to in a second but so can you can you give us an example then of or what performance anxiety looks like. So I'm an athlete and it's pre-game. Is it going to look exactly the way that you just described it or can it look different? It can definitely look different um, and it can hit people differently. Now, athletes especially, um, whether that's in their thoughts, they're like, I'm not good enough, I can't do this, and they lack focus and concentration mm-hmm. in the game. So that's that's a big thing. It could also look like during a game where they freeze, they kind of choke. Mm-hmm. So that's also a part of performance anxiety when the pressure's too much and they're just, again, it, it all comes down to like being able to 
I guess, play in the moment. Yeah. So if I'm, if I'm an athlete and I'm out there pregame and I'm, my heart rate is, I can feel it in my chest. I can maybe even hear it in your ears, you know, when it's beating that hard and fast. Mm. Butterflies in the stomach, got shakes, all, all those bits and pieces. Then my head starts to run away with all of all of the thoughts, all of the possibilities. Because I think if we if we oversimplify that the more cognitive side of things, it's essentially too many options. And the worst part is it's too many options that can't be answered. So it's like, you know, what if this happens? Well, yeah. Okay, cool. How many, how many different answers are there to the question, what if? I do this all the time where I'll write it on the whiteboard. I'll just draw the symbol for infinity. Mm-hmm. Like that's how many answers there is to that question. So it's not a very helpful one when you're in the space. Now, obviously, easier said than done. If you're anxious, your brain and your body are doing things that you don't want them to do before a game. It's kind of going to take over. So I suppose if we just go back for a second, you mentioned something earlier, cortisol. Number one, cortisol. What are we talking about there? Nice, simple version. Hormone. What is it? Stress hormone. Yep. It's also known as a steroid hormone, depending on what country you come from but it's actually produced by the adrenal glands, which sit on top of your kidneys. So that's basically the first part that you feel that from the physiological standpoint, it's like the thing happens, the threat is is known to you, then you release adrenaline pretty much straight away and cortisol is going to be a part of that. So that's the thing that gets that fight-flight response in order. So if we're talking about that, we're also talking about the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. So if anyone who hasn't heard what those things are, when you're in trouble, or at least when your brain thinks you're in trouble, the sympathetic nervous system is the thing that kicks in. So that's the thing that gets you ready for, for fight or flight. It's that fight, flight, freeze response, which we'll get to more in a second. Parasympathetic is pretty much what most people will run every day. So yes, it's, it's your breath rate, it's your heart rate, it's all the things you don't think about doing and they just happen naturally. Digestion's a big part of that as well. And just regulating your body temperature and all that sort of stuff. Now, if all of a sudden I'm in trouble, that system becomes way less helpful and I actually need to use my my system for action. So this is a good thing. So if we're ever in danger, the system is good. It keeps us alive. Problem is, and the way I word it is like this, it's like a smoke alarm that goes off when there's no fire. It lets you know that something is wrong and sometimes there may be nothing wrong. There may be no fire anywhere, but the smoke alarm still goes off. It's just letting you know, hey, I'm not feeling safe right now. Run or fight. If the whole system overloads and it all just becomes too much, we end up with a freeze response. So you said like that saying deer in the headlights where it just freezes. That's essentially the brain just just going, to, I, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. Mm. And you end up freezing. Now, depending on sort of like your own individual sort of, sort of makeup and how your biology and your genetics and all the rest of that and your experience, that, that sort of dictates where you're at. So like I know for myself, it only happened to me the other day. I was very, very close to a near miss with two cars and I was standing on the side of the road at the traffic lights and I genuinely thought I was a split second away from being hit by one of these cars. I, my entire body froze. I just sat still. And then afterwards, I was really annoyed because I was like, dude, you, you're supposed to be a psychologist. You, you, should have, you should have known what was happening and got out of the way, which of course is ridiculous because the whole thing happened in a split second. But everyone will sort of have a propensity for, for one of those. Now, 
hopefully you haven't had to experience that, but I'm assuming we all have at some point. So just just to sort of finish that up, on on the fight, flight, freeze response, it is governed by a bunch of different things, but the main thing that we want to talk about here is the amygdala. So for those that haven't heard of that, it's a part of the limbic system, which is basically like right in the middle of your brain, the emotional center. That's the thing that's that's going to say, city's dangerous, run mm. away from it. It's <laughs> or, a tiny little part of the brain, the tiniest tiny. little part of the brain. So uh, supposedly it looks like an almond, right? Yes. <laughs> apparently. Yeah. So not that yeah, we've cut, yeah. cut brains open to have a look at what the amygdala looks like, but apparently that's what it is. So when uh, you might have heard of amygdala hijack, so that's a commonly used term as well, where it's it's it is that feeling of man, I'm in trouble here. I word it like the amygdala basically jumps into the driver's seat, and all of a sudden you find yourself in the passenger seat of the car with no control mm. over where you're going. The amygdala is driving, and we can teach you strategies if you're a client. Maybe we'll teach you the listener some. We'll see. We can teach you <laughs> strategies to hopefully switch that again where you end up back in the driver's seat and the amygdala ends up in the back and you can say just shut up for a second yeah. while I sort this out and it is different um for general anxiety like how we treat it for general anxiety and performance anxiety um in different environments because if you're about to get up get out on the field and you have some performance performance anxiety it's going to look the way we treat it it's going to look a lot different than if you're off the field in your room having doubts and anxiety because before a game or a competition, it's completely normal to feel a level of anxiety and that's okay and that can actually be really beneficial for your performance. I guess it's once it starts becoming too much where it's um, interfering with your functioning and your performance, that's when it's a little bit of a problem but the way we kind of tackle that is to accept that you're feeling anxious and that that's okay, right? That is okay. And try hold on to that um, feeling, you know, it's you're not meant to decrease these levels too much right now because it can actually be helpful. Whereas if you're in your room and you're having a lot of anxiety, that's we would treat it more with uh relaxation techniques so either breathing techniques or mindfulness depending what um what would help you the most but also these strategies might not help someone um either which we should probably touch on as well so when you say yeah the strategies might not help someone what what's it what's an example of that you're referring to like an athlete you mean it can be an athlete or it can be anyone in my experience, working with someone with anxiety and you give them a relaxation technique such as breathing, they can often feel more anxious. Hmm. Um, their body doesn't like it. Their heart rate does not decrease. It actually increases. It's actually it's not beneficial to them at all. And that's kind of like what I start with when I do use techniques on people and athletes. Um to let them know, you know, just be mindful. This might not work on you and that's okay. Uh, it happens, especially when you're working with athletes with ADHD, I find, mm. um, which I have in the past. Mindfulness and um, breathing techniques just 
don't generally work on them. Yeah, it's it's an important point. The neurodiverse population that we have, it's it's, it's not a one mm-hmm. size fits all. So we keep it at, at an individual level, but it's an important point in, and it's probably a good segue into us discussing a little bit more of the neuroscience of this is some breathing techniques are going to cause the system to actually speed up rather than slow down. So because we kind of want to use it for both. So especially in the performance space, you you have an athlete that is under-energized prior to a game or a competition, they're not going to perform at their best. So we would use, we can use uh, specific breathing techniques that will actually speed up the arousal level rather than slow it down versus those athletes who go in super anxious and you need to slow them down and come back mm. the other way. Obviously trying to find that balance. But one of the important parts here is that, so the amygdala that we mentioned before as part of the limbic system, this is actually the part that we need to, it's called down-regulate. So essentially it's like a fancy way of saying slow down. So when that when that all kicks off, when that whole part of your brain kicks off, it's like all the all the blood and all the neuron activity basically gets sucked into the middle. So the squishy part that's on the outside of your brain, let's for the purposes of this, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it simple. This is what I refer to it as. So we go impulsive, which is the limbic system, and then smart brain, which basically sits over the top. That's the squidgy bit. Now, when your impulsive brain kicks off, your smart brain is not doing a whole lot. Specifically, your prefrontal cortex, so right behind your forehead here. That's very important for decision-making and concentration and all those really good things. Now, if you're in a situation where you need to make really good, smart choices, snap decisions, and trust that you know what you're doing, being in your impulsive brain is not going to be very helpful. So we say... You know, and people hear this all the time, right? Like you probably had clients that go, oh, yeah, I just, I was just told to breathe. Like, just breathe. Breathe it out, right? Yeah. Now, the important thing that people forget to mention about this is that you need to breathe out. So if you breathe in yeah. and you breathe in again and then again and again and again and you don't breathe out properly, you actually feel short of breath. Like, you can feel it sort of tight mm-hmm. up in your throat. When you do that... What we mentioned before, the sympathetic nervous system kicks in. It's basically thinking, why are you, why are you breathing like this? Are we in trouble? And the whole system can spin we're up. We're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. We're in trouble. The faster let's, you breathe. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Not, not good. So, so sometimes, depending on the breathing exercise that some people are trying, it can actually make the whole thing worse. So we're very keen on... If you if you come in and and or we're working with you and you say, I'm super super anxious before a game, then we're gonna do some breathing stuff where the exhale is like twice as long as your inhale, for example, because yeah. that's gonna that's gonna activate more of your parasympathetic nervous system and get everything to just slow down. Blood flow will come out of impulsive brain into smart brain, and then we can do what we need you to do in, in, in your sport or performance or even just daily life for that matter. Yeah, breathing is such a, a powerful technique that, you know, can be used every single day at any time to really decrease your stress levels. And when you do that, sometimes you can feel like this nice high in your brain. You feel like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Everything's more colourful. I know sometimes when I... Everything's more colourful. You can think clearly. You can focus. So it's super important 
to do the breathing techniques properly. Um, so when maybe coaches or friends or families say just breathe, but they don't really specify how, and you're sitting there with a paper bag, like, <laughs> like Old not really slowing down your breath. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, you'll notice that it's not going to be helpful. Yeah. So that, that the paper bag trick is actually, it's quite interesting that that was a thing because it, so what it does is it increases the amount of carbon dioxide that you're breathing in. So the activation of the sympathetic nervous system is people, like people use the term over oxygenated. I'm not too sure that's correct, but it's basically just, you're not breathing properly, right? It's short, sharp breaths and you're breathing in more than you're breathing out. So the whole system sort of gets off balance. The paper bag thing, I'm not an advocate of, I'm not suggesting that anyone actually try that. But the reason that that works is sort of a similar similar thing. It actually just restores the balance in the system. So we want, if if you are in that space where you're super, super anxious and you know, you've got the shakes and your heart rate's up and whatever else, I'll just say, just double the length of your exhale. So take a breath in, whether that's two seconds, three seconds, and then try and breathe out for four, five or six. Run that for mm-hmm. about a minute and just see if the system will slow down. And you, you'll notice it pretty quickly. Um, there's another one that was that's doing the rounds at the moment as well, which which I find actually really helpful, is a double inhale, exhale. So it's that really really deep breath in, so all the way in, and then a little one on top. A little extra. Yeah, a little extra. <laughs> so we basically fill the lungs and then put a little bit extra on top, and then a nice big breath out two or three times through that, mm. and your body just feels like instantly relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. The one I like to use is um, inhale four, hold for two, exhale for six, hold for two. I Ooh, find, and, and as you're okay. doing it, yeah, and I find especially if you're having a client with anxious thoughts as well, you're just going to tell them to count as they're breathing yep. so their mind is kind of occupied as well. So awesome. yeah, yep. that's one of my favourites personally. <laughs> Big part of it, right, because we can't, we can't think about more than one thing at a time, even though even though people mm-hmm. like to think they can. You can only focus on one thing at a time. So having all of these distractions, breathing, counting, watching a clock, you can't then think about all the anxious thoughts that are going through your head at the same time either. So very, very effective. Yeah. So when would in performance and with athletes, when would we use breathing techniques and when wouldn't we? So... I part of this is is awareness. So athlete awareness, I'll have them basically say, first step would be, do you need to energize before a game or a competition or do you need to calm down? And then whatever the, whatever the answer is there, that's kind of where we run it. So I've had athletes on both ends where let's say, for example, an athlete comes in and says, I'm just so chilled out. Like I just can't get up for, I can't get switched on, you know, and, and it, it happens that athletes all of a sudden think that they they used to be this like really energized athlete and then all of a sudden they can't get switched on. Mm. So like a really aggressive breathing exercise at that point, when I say aggressive, I mean intense um, to, to spool the system up, heat it all up essentially is where we go with that. The opposite, the calming down, you know, you might use that pre pre game. I've got a few that I introduced to athletes for during games or competitions that are really brief kind of interventions there longer ones that they could run 
even like an hour before a game or a competition. And then even the night before too, where it's like, I'm so yeah. caught up in my own head. I can't sleep. So it's like, all right, well, let's just See, try some to people, the system. Yeah. Some people would, um, or some sports psychs, I guess, wouldn't use breathing techniques before and during game because they don't want them to regulate their their body too much and their anxiety. Yeah. And <laughs> what do you think about that? Well, it's just it's just an interesting point because I know that there's I know that there's like depending on on the preference of of the the practitioner and, and the athlete and hopefully there's there's a bit of um sort of like back and forth conversation that goes on between the two is that this there's this new kind of radical acceptance movement within sport where it's a bit like yeah you you know you're you're ten out of ten anxious prior to the game or the competition we don't do anything about it we just sit in the space and just let it happen obviously. There's there are pros and cons to both because we we also don't want to. I think the reason that they kind of uh, or the reason that this kind of movement has has occurred is that we don't like to teach people the second that you feel any level of discomfort, get rid of it, like take it away. Because like yeah. where does where does Distract that distract yourself? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like how do we how do we even find the limit to that? Because it's like, well, do I just ignore or try to stop any sort of negative feelings at all? But then on the other end, you've got the the other extreme, which is like, or do I just not do anything about it and feel all the feels when I'm 10 mm. seconds from running out onto the ground? The way I see it is what it depends on the sport, because if you're, I guess, if you're dealing with a sport such as golf mm. and you actually need to have quite a calm system, I feel like that could be super beneficial. Like those breathing techniques, you don't want to be heightened. Yep. But then if, you're playing a game like NFL where you kind of like have to be amped up and, you know, with your team and everything like that, there might need to be like a level of anxiety or stress with that. But well, this again, is, yeah, yeah but this is, depends. this is part of it too, right? Because it, it goes, well, if you, let's say you are an AFL player, your quarters are, you know, roughly 28, 30 minutes for the men and 20 minutes for the women. If you, if you are going to, get yourself energized to to your peak, you've then got to somehow try to make that last. That's kind of like what people think, right? It's like, man, I've got to be fully intense and energized for an entire half an hour. Your system won't actually allow you to do that. So part of what we're trying to do here is like, because a round of golf is a long time. Like 18 holes is like four yeah. hours. It's like, let's yeah. let's get energized <laughs> And have a massive crash on like the fifth hole. We're playing through mm. 18. It's going to be rough, right? AFL is a little bit the same. That's why the start of the games, you normally see like everyone's super intense and everyone crashes into each other. It's all full on. Yeah. And then everyone settles in and then and then there's a bit of sort of momentum. And then depending on how things go, that you know, other teams are up and down, whatever else. But it's it's a bit like a roller coaster where it's like, it's not, it's definitely not linear. It's definitely not like, oh, cool, I've peaked with my energy levels now and I can just hold this. I can just hold this right at this level for the rest of the game. It's definitely peaks and troughs. So a lot of the stuff that we're going to try to work on is how do we actually control that or at least influence it enough so that if an athlete is aware that they're feeling a little bit flat going into you know the third quarter, for yeah. example, how do I bring myself up? How do I do that? It's a it's a very interesting topic and it's something that can be implemented in a whole range of 
performances in life as well. Yeah, like the the, the sort of boardroom, um, you know, like the boardroom presentation, or you know, you've gone <laughs> in for a job interview, things like that, where it's you're going to feel you're definitely going to be heightened. You're going to be nervous about it. And all the, all the little voices are going to be going through your head about, you know, criticism and did I do all right and all the rest of that. These are all, these are all very normal, we, we should say. This is just part of being a person, especially if you're under pressure and stress and, and you're a high performer, then yeah, it's definitely mm. going to be a thing. I think, it's, I think it's important for normalizing as well because we tend to, we tend to like almost like push that to the side and be like, well, you have negative voices in your head. Like you're you're different, or you you have anxiety, or you're different, or you have stress. You're it's like no, everyone has that. <laughs> I think it's just some yeah. people are more aware of what's going on than others, and it's until mm-hmm. we go, hang on, let's take a step back. What is actually going through your head? And a lot of the time, you go, oh man, I I don't really want to look at that because that's potentially scary, and I don't I don't really want to know. Mm-hmm. So I'll just ignore it, and we'll just pretend like everything's hunky dory. <laughs> yeah. We'll put that in the box of <laughs> repression. Yeah. yeah. I'll just put it in this little box and I'll hide it in my closet and I'm I'm never looking at it again. I'll label it things not to look and at. And I'll come out in other ways. Yeah. <laughs> I'll come out in other ways. <laughs> that's the that's the problem with it, right? Uh, yeah. Anyway, I think um I think we are gonna wrap this episode up. Look, yeah, we'll I feel like we we'll could talk it. about this. We could. We, we could, could. All day. It's probably enough it's such information a, it's a big for one topic. go. Yep. <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll re we'll revisit that. Maybe maybe uh some of the listeners will would have a crack at some of those breathing exercises and give us a bit of feedback and ask some questions or whatever if we've skipped over something. Um and we can talk about that in another episode. I'd love to know if it doesn't work for some people as well. Yeah, that would be super really interesting. interesting. Yeah. So and anyone that's keen for us to interview them and pick their brain about some stuff as well we'd love for that i would love to have a conversation with someone if they're willing to (laughs) if they're brave enough (laughs) if you want to if they were a little uh guinea pig and do some breathing exercises for us (laughs) we'll do a live we'll do a live intervention yeah better check the ethics on that actually before we do that yeah probably (laughs) all right well two down thanks crew peace out see you later bye